She read books as one would breathe air to fill up and live. Annie Dillard. Hello and welcome back to the Turn Right Podcast. This is episode 76. I'm Caitlin, your host. Today I'm going to give a reading recap of everything that I've read in quarter one, as well as a writing update. I cannot believe we have already moved into April. That's absolutely crazy to me. I think I started off really strong um, at the beginning of this year. It was a little bit under the weather, so I had a lot of time to read and I read a ton in January and February, but March was very busy. We returned back to the office a couple of days a week and I've just been very busy with work and adjusting to um, a different schedule. So I've definitely read and wrote much less in March, but I think this is really helpful to kind of review the books that I've read, give a little opinion on them, kind of how they can help us as writers or just overall my thoughts and feelings on the book. Um, from a book review perspective, as well as talk about my writing journey, help me stay accountable, and I encourage you guys to um, to put some measure of accountability like that into your own um, schedules as well. So let's just jump into this week's episode. The first book I read was My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell, and I loved this book. It was a really unique book. I hadn't read anything like it I am always a sucker for a good plot about like an English teacher, an English class, like anything to do with your high school English experience. I just I just really relate to it because English was always my favorite subject in school. So I was really intrigued by this. But the story is very disturbing. Essentially, it's about um, this main character, Vanessa, and she is being preyed on and groomed by this English teacher and at first she just thinks it's kind of innocent at first she likes his attention Um, you know he's an older man she's a bit of a misfit she had a falling out with her best friend and she's pretty lonely at the school Um, and over time you would think she would see this English teacher this monster for who he really is but she doesn't and she's still in love with him and she still does you know, anything to protect him. And she still lives her life for him, even after her experience at boarding school ends. And that's really tragic to me. And that really gave me a lot of empathy for her as a character. I think the author did a great job of getting inside this girl's perspective and really presenting it to us. Um, And it was just an incredible book. It was very messed up, but it was incredible. And there was just a ton of imagery in it. You could tell the author really thought things through, um, like the imagery of cleanliness. Vanessa is not able to clean her room. She has depression and she can't get clean and she can't get clean from this English teacher who is just ruining her life. And I thought that was really well done with imagery right there. I will say I thought the story got a little bit drawn out. It was around um, 400 pages and I think it could have been a little bit less long because I found myself getting a little bit less interested towards the end of the story, but overall it was a really strong book and I definitely enjoyed it. The next book I read was The Maid by Nita Prose. I was enamored with this book. It had everything I wanted in a novel. It was a very um, cozy mystery with a really lovable character. Molly Gray, she is the maid and she says that she's lucky to work in such a beautiful hotel. Um, It's like Dorothy entering the Wizard of Oz every time she goes to work. And I thought that was just a beautiful perspective on life as well. It made me instantly like Molly and root for her. I loved her work ethic. Um, There was an illusion that she 
maybe was autistic or maybe on the spectrum or maybe had some sort of, um, you know, disability or illness like that. And the author doesn't say outright, but we kind of gather that from how she describes Molly. And essentially, Molly is being set up for this crime that's being committed at this hotel. This very wealthy man is found dead in his bed, and Molly is the one who discovers him in the room, cleans up after him, and of course, we the reader know she's innocent. There's a lot of irony going on there. Um, She's being set up by this guy, Rodney, who is running this drug cartel out of the hotel, but Molly doesn't know that because she's so innocent, a little bit maybe on the spectrum, and it's just, it's a really compelling book, and it's very well told. It's very voicey. I definitely really enjoyed it. I think the author also did a good job of, you know, doing a different take on a cozy mystery. The next story I read was Beach Read by Emily Henry, and this book was definitely a bit disappointing. I loved People We Meet on Vacation. That was one of my favorite books I read of all of last year, but Beach Read just didn't hit for me. Um, I felt like Emily Henry didn't have as much direction with the novel. I felt like she didn't really, I felt like the characters were just not as developed or as specific or as unique, if I'm being honest. I think she is an incredibly talented writer and I wish I could write the way she writes because line to line she's so good, she's so humorous, and I think this book was perfect for a more light-hearted read. However, I think the name Beach Read was deceiving because I definitely expected it to be more, well, beachy, and it's not really about that at all. Essentially, the main character, January, discovers that her father was leading a double life. He passes away, leaves her this house, and she ends up um, next door to this guy named Augustus, whom she went to college with, and they sort of get into this complicated love affair. But I just didn't feel the sparks between the two of them. Um, I just didn't really understand their backstories enough. I wasn't really compelled by their whole story, unfortunately. I think they were supposed to be kind of this cute and sarcastic, um, lovable duo, but I think they just came across as unlikable. I thought their vulnerabilities weren't introduced early on, and they just didn't seem as authentic to me as um, Alex Nilsson and Poppy in People We We Meet on Vacation. And perhaps had I not read that before this story, I would have liked it more. I just had such high hopes from People We Meet on Vacation. Then I read Summer Island by Kristen Hanna. This was another author I read for the first time. Last year, I read The Four Winds, very compelling book. This book was a lot different than The Four Winds. The Four Winds was pretty literary driven. This was more like light summer romance read, and I really liked it. I thought it was a great hook. I thought she did a really great job of setting up the characters and why why we should care about them right off the bat. Um, the story was really compelling. I was definitely crying at different points. It dragged a little bit in the middle, but overall was a strong story. Um, there was lots of juicy secrets. Um, originally it was set in Seattle, which was something that intrigued me since I had visited there last year. And I don't think I've ever read a story that has been at least partially set in Seattle because this was also set in a few other places. I thought Ruby was an interesting character and the dynamic she has with her mother. Um, I was very compelled about their friend that had cancer, and it was just it was just a lot, honestly. But I was not satisfied with the ending. Um, I didn't know, you know, how did Caroline forgive Jeremy? Was Nora actually Eric's mom? I thought there was some allusion to that to some extent. 
Um, who did Nora have the affairs with? Um, so those were all a lot of questions I had at the end of the story and I wish it was just a little bit more wrapped up, but definitely a good beach read if you're planning on going to the beach this summer. Then I read The Couple Next Door. This was an incredible book. I read it in about three sittings. I found the recommendation for it on TikTok. Sometimes I get nervous about TikTok recommendations because, um, you know, I think they can be hit or miss. But I loved how fast-paced this was. This was definitely a thriller. I was just turning the pages so quickly, I couldn't get enough of this story. It was the perfect style of writing for a thriller. It was nice and to the point, no superfluous description. It was not really a voicey thriller. It was just an actual thriller. Um, and I love how the title threw off your suspicions. Um, although I did have a suspicion as the novel went on, that it was Richard Ann's father who did it. But all I can say is the ending is just wow, it was just a crazy story and I loved it. I'm not going to describe the plot too much, I don't want to give anything away, just go read it for yourself. Next I read Everyone in This Room Will Someday Be Dead. This book I felt very uh about. I can't say that I liked it or not, I did like the style of the story in a way it reminded me of John Green's writing style but less literary, but it was very much like a voicey character, first person talking to you, letting you into their thoughts. Um, the main character had mental illness, and although I don't personally struggle with depression, I think it was a good depiction of someone that does. Um, but one of the main problems I had with this story was, now I don't like to get into a full-blown religion analysis or a political analysis whenever I read books, but I found this story to just not really be appealing to me as a person. Um, I am Catholic and the story was, you know, pretty anti-Catholic and I don't think it really represented everything about the church correctly. Um, and I just, I think that it's alienating whenever you make religion that integral into a fictional novel um, because the main character was an atheist and you're just kind of assuming that everyone is going to agree with that viewpoint. And for me, it's not about agreeing or disagreeing with a viewpoint, but it's just about how much empathy I feel for a character. And it's hard for me to feel empathy for a character if they're not likable and someone being in direct opposition to my religion, I think is kind of unlikable. But I'm glad at the same time that I saw the character's perspective. You know, if I had that perception of the Catholic Church, then I would probably, you know, feel the same way as that character, but um, I guess my perception is different. Everyone goes to different churches and whatnot. Like I said, I don't want to get into a whole full-blown religion analysis, but I think, you know, choosing a character to be atheist can be alienating if you are Muslim, if you are Hindu, if you are Christian, if you are Catholic, if you are spiritual, and I think that's just kind of crazy that a publisher would have that be a characteristic of a main character because I thought it was alienating but then again a lot of people probably didn't and read the story and whatnot and I will have to say I think a lot of religions now are more accepting of the LGBTQ community. I also would have to say that there's a big percentage of progressive Catholics out there um, so I don't know. It just didn't seem to really hit all the points home for me personally. Um, and lastly, I am reading The Golden Couple. I think Avery is a very intriguing character. I'm still working my way through that one. I kind of wished 
Um, I had gotten through it, so I could have read seven books in Q1, but unfortunately these last couple weeks have been a lot slower for me on the reading front. Overall, I think I read some pretty good books this quarter and I learned a lot. I really do think it's important as a writer to read as much as you can and especially in the genres that you want to write in. As for my writing, I worked with a professional editor, got a bunch of feedback, I made a whole episode about that, went to detail if you're interested in the whole process and it was very helpful so be sure to check out that episode. I am currently rewriting that novel for what seems like the millionth time but I really believe in it and I think it's an important novel and I want to put it out there into the world. Um, I don't know when I'm going to do it but I hope to do it. Um, I also submitted an article for a short story competition, was rejected for that so that was kind of disappointing but overall I think the biggest thing that I'm learning this year kind of like I mentioned, I was a bit under the weather at the beginning of the year. Nothing major, but just just kind of ill and run down. And I think what I'm learning is to give myself grace and to just kind of go with the flow a little bit more. If I have to work longer hours at my day job because we're short-staffed, then so be it. If I don't have enough time for writing, so be it. If I'm throwing this podcast together completely off the top of my head, then so be it. But I just want to keep making progress. Um, tangible progress towards my goals and I hope that this episode somehow motivated you or gave you some insight. I know I talked about religion with that one book but I just want to be clear that I am extremely accepting of the LGBTQ community. I have friends that are gay, lesbian, um, you know just the whole realm of everything and I don't want any of those comments to come off otherwise like I said I'm very accepting of everyone but I also do have a personal faith-based relationship with God I do identify as Catholic but I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive I think um, you know there's a lot more progressive influence in the church so I just want to add that as a side note that I believe in loving and accepting everyone Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. As always, keep writing, keep reading, and keep querying, and I will talk to you on our next road trip.